1: all right guys the long dark cold lulz winter is finally coming to an end brian and i back in the saddle today we'll catch up on all things happening in the gambling dfs worlds best ball recaps all of that good stuff today on lulz does
2: he think
0: i think he thinks
1: this he thinks this is a go vegas dave thinks this is a go
2: hot naked girls doing yoga what? Why don't you just win like a man? Random.org. <laughs> Type in one for yes, two for no, and let the DFS guys pick for you.
1: And I'm absolutely begging you not to dupe bus. <laughs> please, please don't dupe bus. All right, Brian, it has been a while since I've heard that intro music. I mean, what did it end up being? Did it end up being like five or six weeks?
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, one of those weeks I couldn't do it on the comeback, and then... And then uh, last week, no content. So, yeah, sitting five or six.
1: It is what it is. But you know what do they say? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. We just ah, wanted yes. our audience to to really want this back. That's true.
2: I'm I'm glad to be back. Good to see you, pal. Good, you're doing well. Happy you're doing well. Yeah. yeah how was, uh, how was your holidays? Good. Good. Yeah. It's uh, it's about like 50 degrees out right now. Yeah. So that's pretty strange, but uh, can't complain about that.
1: Some people, you know, sometimes like on shows, I'll be like reluctant to do small talk at the top, but I'm actually catching up with you uh, and not knowing what you've been up to for the past six weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm allowing
2: it. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was hoping to get some ice fishing in, you know, you know how I'm oh. such a big fisherman, Pete, yeah. uh, skilled, didn't catch one the entire summer, but, uh, really? yeah. yeah, I don't think I, I don't, I don't, remember catching one fucking fish. Do you
1: think you need some new, uh, handwear? Maybe it's going to clubs? Kind of help. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, see, I did that. Just some bad luck fish clubs, got rid of those. So I figured I'd have better time on the ice, but um, can't go out when it's 50 degrees, Pete. You might fall in.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've heard from all of these, you know, lifestyle influencers, biohacks, all of this stuff, these cold plunges. It's, it's GTO, Brian. I'm picturing you out there ice fishing, but actually just submerged in the water. Uh, while you fish so you get all of those benefits from the cold plunge as well.
2: <laughs> then get back in the hot tub do one of those yeah. hot to cold therapy sessions.
1: yeah, you do have the hot tub so you could you can pu- totally pull this off.
2: yeah well my what I want to do is have my brother set up you know because it takes you gotta set up a whole ice house yeah and drill in and I'll be in the hot tub watching him you know do all the hard work and then and then I'll be nice and warm to go out there and you know do a fish for a couple hours. And then let him are take you, it down.
1: Are you familiar with the? I'm sure you are the uh, the Liver King guy.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I I feel like you could do such like a good spoof of the Liver King. Like I'm just imagining you out on the lake and your thing, your your ice fishing, hopping in your hot tub, drinking beers, uh, and trying to sell people on this new uh, radical lifestyle.
2: I'm gonna have to uh, juice it up uh, quite a bit, you know, to yeah. match the Liver King. You saw he got busted, right? I'm assuming.
1: <laughs> yeah the the Vegas shocker Liver King out of bed telling things exactly how it was
2: <laughs> yeah that'd be like finding out I'm actually suck at fishing you know it's like yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone everyone knows
1: did you watch um uh the Glass Onion the Knives Out sequel on Netflix
2: just just some reviews just some okay. reviews yeah.
1: I think the one guy's kind of like supposed to be loosely based off of Joe Rogan, uh, but he also has some like Liver King esque vibes. There's a, a character in there that you'll uh, you'll enjoy. He has like a big following on Twitch. Is is his thing? Oh,
2: okay, because I know Ed Norton's supposed to be like Elon Musk, right?
1: Yeah, that's I think what they're mapping yeah. him on. I, I
2: won't watch any movie directed by Ryan Johnson, so I'm never going yeah. to watch that. So,
1: Wait, is that is that actually a, a thing? You're you're anti Ryan Johnson? Yeah, yeah, I
2: fucking hate that guy. What did he do? Oh, he slept with my girlfriend. No, no. Um, he uh Star Wars. He fucking ruined Star Wars. You're oh,
1: okay. Because I was gonna say, and you know, this is you know me being a film snob, but his movie Brick is like one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. Have you seen that movie? No, no, I haven't. Um, um this was before he ruined star wars too so you might be able to compartmentalize it as well
2: also. i know but it's a principal thing maybe 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 i will uh you know some people get lucky sometimes so maybe he got lucky and it made a good movie but
1: <laughs> yeah uh no i i highly recommend watching uh brick uh which i mean brick 75 i mean come on you you, you have to do it uh there yeah. you go um what so? What else have you? Uh, what else have you been up to these past six weeks? Did, did you finish the season blasting hard on DraftKings? Did I see someone say that you won a college GPP? Oh
2: yeah, yeah, I won the last college one. Um, yeah, I, I mean NFL, not a great season at all. I took fourth in the milli like two weeks ago, but like you can't take first, man.
1: Did you have a sweat? Like a legit sweat or was it?
2: I, up? I wasn't watching, but I think, I think <laughs> I, I assume I did. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, a, a sweat is, it d- depends on your perspective. Like if you're, you know, like were you
1: live for first, I guess was my question.
2: I, you always are. So like, I does like, if one thing go like, you know, I understand like a sweat is like, okay, there's 15 minutes left in the last game what players matter here. That's the sweat, but really it doesn't matter. If someone got a touchdown earlier who shouldn't have, you know, or if someone gets injured on the field, right. These change things, obviously. So like, it's all kind of a random sweat anyways, if you're not actually watching and I wasn't watching. So like, I, yeah, I could have won.
1: <laughs> what, what is fourth place in the million maker pay these days?
2: 25 grand.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and there's what? 300,000 entries
2: in, in it. Probably. Yeah. It's so it's ridiculous. it's
1: ridiculous. who do you who who won that that Millie Maker that week? The user, do you know? Uh
2: I don't think it was a pro. Okay. What's um Squirrel Patrol took third, I took fourth, and I didn't recognize the other two names. No offense to them.
1: No, none offense taken on their behalf. Was you know, it you won
2: it? You won Millie?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, like I've been trying to not upstage Korean, and so I kind of didn't <laughs> want to talk about my, my wedding. <laughs> Well,
2: uh, <sighs> yeah, congrats, Karain, man. Woo. And he didn't take my uh, my advice and bet on Josh Allen over props to uh, you know hedge his bet. Good thing. Yeah,
1: there was there was lots of hedging talk. I think there you know it was a little little complicated as far as how to do that in a way where you could actually lock yourself in, some yeah. profit. Both volume concerns as well, like how much could you reasonably get down oh, i not, think it was a tricky yeah
2: no way no way i would ju- I, I still i wouldn't mind like just throwing like 10 or 20 down on some props on you know burroughs allen whatever and just just for fun you know just and then like yeah i lost but you know i got back a little bit yeah you know it doesn't doesn't uh makes you feel a little bit better yeah so, um i mean i probably wouldn't end up doing it
1: yeah i mean Absolutely just insane, too. It's still like, I mean, even talking to him last night after ship chasing, I don't think it's fully hit him yet, Uh, just hearing him talk. And it would probably take a little while uh, for that to to settle. Did you have any other kind of big takeaways based on how things played out? I mean, the Week 17, bros, uh, we win this one, uh, Brian, when you look at Pat's lineup.
2: Yeah, I thought it was kind of the zero QB uh, argument. That you don't really hear a ton about, which was kind of like the common strategy back in the pen and paper days, at least for me. That's how I was like
1: round QB for sure, late round
2: QB. Yeah, Yeah, it's like because you really didn't need anyone besides maybe Hertz or later, or Brady or later, and you. But even like you could even just done Fields Tua, which Mm -hmm. I know you guys had a lot. You know what was kind of cool? I was thinking is like when I was up up, updating you know the app with the projections and stuff of. Of you and Pat and Davis and Justin, and it's like oh the the, the two million dollar lineup was in one of those. The, it was just like four hundred lineups in there, and the two million dollar was in there. It's kind of cool.
1: So next year when you have the cohort of exposures that you weigh, you're probably going to be weighing Pat's a little stronger than Davis'. <laughs> I just <laughs> I
2: just like delete yours, guys. Like thanks for sending it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly um yeah no it, it's it's been a surreal run out i mean obviously pat running extremely pure uh yeah. there but to just yeah that that, uh, that shit uh,
2: it was crazy it's monday night football or whatever you know obviously but like that shit happens all the time my my first win probably 2014 maybe late 2013 was my first time i won a gpp it was 20 max nba uh i had like a i can't even remember but it was like a six or eight point lead with the six minutes left in the fourth in the last game, and I think it was the Suns when Chris Paul was there, and yeah. he pulled. And and I just needed him not to get like I can't remember like like eight or nine or ten points in the fourth, which he could definitely do. So I was I was probably like 50-50, maybe even uh, you know a thirty percent chance to win. And he pulls up a hammy, and they pull him out of the game. And if I don't win, that was like twenty k to first. I might not be talking to you because like running hot early is like a lot of good pro poker players and DFS players just ran hot early and then figured it out later. Yeah. Um, and so like it, it happens all the time. It's just the magnitude is big. Um, and it's, you know, uh, it's, it's rarely like the whole team, but it's, I mean, in the NBA games have been canceled because like the roof leaks, yeah, uh, COVID. When we're yeah. doing a live stream, Rudy Rudy Gobert ruins the world. You know, what did they
1: do with that DFS slate? Did they just refund everyone, or did they pay out winners on that? I India think they COVID paid slate? out
2: an Alex one. I think.
1: Of course, of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you like? Did you have any takes on? I mean, it was pretty cut and dry once they decided not to reschedule that game. But did you have any thoughts on like how the operators handled that stuff?
2: Oh yeah, I tweeted about it, but then I deleted it. I uh, I said like, um, if Hamlin uh, was it Hamlin or Hamlin? I can't. I, is it one with oh, DeMar
1: Hamlin? Yeah, Hamlin. N, yeah,
2: Hamlin. If Hamlin was smoking pot on the field, he, uh, Goodell would have canceled the game, like because you know this guy's such an idiot. I'm
1: glad he, he deleted
2: that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said if a player was smoking pot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he would cancel the game because the point is obviously this guy his just get his decisions backwards over and over again. It's like he has no like um inner morals, like no yeah. center. And he's just kinda like, uh, oh, you hit your you knock your wife out, you know, uh on camera. Uh two games. Oh, you smoke right. pot, career's gone, career's over. Career, you can't can't come back. Well, cool. you know, it's
1: it's because he's not, he doesn't actually have a direct moral compass. It is whatever perception is. It is whatever PR spin he needs. It's whatever he d- needs to do to pacify the owners. And then in some cases, what he needs to do to pacify the mob, you know, like he, that's the game he's playing. He doesn't have a strict moral compass that's directing every right. decision he makes. Which, yeah.
2: And then he, he backtracks and then he'll give a guy a higher, uh, uh, you know, suspension more weeks or he'll reduce someone's suspension and stuff. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. and then like i don't know did was it confirmed that he wanted to play five minutes after like obviously that's an asshole move um i think what i, just I read it. on
1: yeah i think that was like a default thing like in the nfl rulebook. like if there is an extenuating stoppage of time that then the players have five minutes to warm up before the game restarts like i think and then but obviously like the sensitivity of the issue was lost In the shuffle there, I I didn't get the impression that someone from the league office was like, you better get on the field in five minutes or or whatever. But that was blown up, yeah. That
2: was blown up a little bit. Okay, so someone was on the same. Hey, just for the record, if we do restart, you get you also get five minutes to warm up. So like, don't worry about anything right now. They're like, we're not starting right. Okay
1: yeah exactly so uh i guess we'll never know some of the minutia uh there i'm sure there were plenty of people in the front office that wanted them to just rub some dirt on it and get back out there i'm sure like that was not, oh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah um back to the but the thing about um i think kind of what you were saying was that idea of risk of ruin though with with gambling. And we talk about that a lot on the show of like how much of it is just staying in the game. I think I actually saw the debate just happening on Twitter earlier where Liam was posting about like, would you rather play for first place and and win less coming back? Or I think that's how we framed it. And then people were having a bankroll conversation about it. It is like the age old thing. And it, it basically has to be with how top heavy all of these contests we play are.
2: Yeah, I just I came back from the from the gym and it was you have twenty plus notifications thing you know highlight I'm like what the fuck <laughs> oh yeah. it's a it's a bankroll slash hypothetical gambling question yeah um yeah but you know I think uh, bankroll is probably like one of the under least uh, I don't know, discussed topics in in DFS it was mm-hmm. kind of in there early. Because they were copying content from other stuff, because DFS was so new, they were like, what, "What should we talk about? We need SEO, we need words on our websites." And so they kind of did a lot of bankroll stuff. And then eventually, people just stopped talking about it. And now with the top-heavy payout structures, it's so big. Um, bank uh, ball has got to be the most uh, uh, what you know, most variants of kind of the ones we all play for sure it's so that's well, so
1: specifically the the way the underdog does it you know, like the FFPC contest, their main season long one, it's a sprint. So the best teams do tend to bubble up to the top more. And yet that contest is still absurdly top heavy. That the variance is is massive, you know, an eight hundred thousand dollar swing from first to second place. I guess, you know, over on like drafters, where it is just cumulative scoring throughout the season, maybe there's a little less variance there. But the way best ball mania structured and i like it i prefer it that way i think it makes it interesting i think it makes you want to sweat your teams more you're incredibly live um, in a lot of different scenarios i think from a sweat and entertainment perspective it's incredible um i i always kind of push back i think it's hilarious when people are like i wish you know this extremely top heavy you know randomized contest would have like more order in law <laughs> to it like i don't know it just doesn't like add up to me
2: uh, Davis had a great line. He his, his he just did a pod with with Pat. And it was like, everyone just wants to, I, I, I'm going to paraphrase. I can't remember. He's going. He said it better. But like, whatever the rules were that were good for their players, that's the rules they want to change, uh, the structures for these, these tournaments. Oh,
1: yeah. And it's like, I've been in, you know, I've been in my long time, season long, like, keeper leagues with buddies over the years. And like, anytime a rule change comes up in the offseason, it's because someone had a situation go against them Earlier in the season, we got to change the waiver priorities because I got shafted with the number two. Let's revamp. It. it always comes from personal interest. No one's ever like holistically from an unbiased perspective being like, we should change it in this way.
2: They're, they're lucky in some ways that these ESPN Yahoo leagues came around because they determine the winner now. Because, you know, what, what, what happened last week, they would go, you know, how many arguments are there going on across the world? I should be able to get my week 18 stats for week 17. This isn't fair. And you know, I mean, there's there's some some uh, merit to that, but I think they should get rid of the one million dollars to first during the season,
1: a hundred percent. yeah, so
2: i I played uh I played a, I played some drafters, not a lot, and I just like I still haven't even checked. I don't care. It's so boring. Like I was like, I checked like a month ago. and was like, ah, oh, it looks like one of mine aren't gonna win. Okay, it's over. like I'm never checking there's no again. sweat. there's no there's sweat. no sweat at all. And does anyone care about who won that 1 million besides the guy, obviously, for the regular season? So, like, I don't mind giving money, like, if you want to reduce the variance to those, uh, like, good lineups. But, like, you could do like 100 grand to first and like 90 grand to second. It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 90, 80, 70, whatever. Like, 10 grand to a whole shit ton of guys, maybe make yeah. it like a double up or something.
1: One thing I I think I haven't heard anyone push back against that, like the regular season prize money needs to be spread out over a much larger group of entries, the top 100, 200, 300, whatever. I haven't heard anyone push back on that. Like what I, I, I don't know if I've heard anyone float this one specifically. What I think would maybe be cool is you keep the pods and everything like it is, but like one way I, the fantasy league I host. So the teams that make the playoffs the top 4 are based on seeding and the final 2 spots go to who has the most regular season points regardless of what their record is. So basically if you're on the wrong side of head-to-head variants but you scored a lot of points you still get in. Like I think it'd be cool if the pods had this thing where it was the top 2 in the pods but there was a group of wild card teams, basically the guys who got screwed who would have advanced in most pods but because their pod grouping had unusually high scores, they get shut out where you had X amount of wildcard teams who also advance because they scored so many points in a given round. I think that would be kind of like a cool little hack to make sure some of the really good teams don't get just boxed out while still keeping the randomness and excitement of the pod dynamic.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. What about like a a, a double up or triple up that first round? Just the top 30% of scorers get in to the next round.
1: And the only thing about that is then you enter more drafters' territory, where it's going to self-select an even tighter group of players that are advancing. So we saw like forty-one percent Justin Jefferson in the finals. Yeah. I think that dynamic would be even further exasperated, and you'd have a bunch of forty percent, fifty percent
2: owned. But who there. cares?
1: Well, you care because you we have one hundred
2: percent Jefferson. Who cares?
1: No, no, no! I'm saying then you get to the finals, and you're literally only sweating like one or two different players versus you and the rest of the field because everyone shares yeah. the same cohort. That's
2: if it was it. one or two, I agree. But I think like you, if you did like tr- you did you did top thirty percent in round one, then pods in round two, that yeah. might that might that might do it for you. I, I think if you had like a one or two guys that were seventy percent owners more, like who cares? That happens all the time in DFS. So like, yeah. It's, Still would be good sweat, what, I what, think. But either way, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Something a little more fair to if you score 150 points, but the top guy gets 160.
1: Yeah. It,
2: that sucks when guy's getting in with one thirty-one or something.
1: And I think the other thing that would make it is if you were able to basically weight three different elements equally as far as what drafters could go for. So maybe the three was. Regular season, most points, and you spread that over 200, 300 entries. So people are like, I want to build the best team weeks one through 14. Then you have another one that's exactly how it is now. The pods, you're trying to advance through if you get low on guys through. The randomness, the variance, that's fun. Then you have another one that's prizes for most points scored weeks 15 through 17. And so now you have three different strategic elements you can build for. Mm. You know, the, the latter being like, I am only going to optimize for weeks 15 through 17 across that three week span, not just an individual correlated week, but I am going to make sure say I have a week 15 stack, a week 16 stack, a week 17, like, or however you want. And basically now you have people in drafts that are all approaching three different prizes, essentially. Like that would be a really cool dynamic to me.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. And Just get rid of the million dollar dollar, uh, during the season one. Add it all in there. Yeah. Um, I'd be fine getting rid of the million dollars, basically, is just what I'm saying there. I mean, you know, (laughs) add it to the prize pool somewhere else. Uh, Don't add it to the rake. But uh, I just thought that was so boring. Drafters, they should need a playoff format. They need to do something that was super boring. Um, uh, Like – but other than that, like, I thought it was, uh, pretty cool. I got, so I got four, I got 12, uh, I did 51 BBM threes. That's all I got in. I got 12 through and then I got four into the semis and then I didn't get any of the finals. Dude,
1: that is such an absurd advance rate on 51 entries. That's, that's really fucking good.
2: Yeah. It was really lucky, but, um, I didn't get it, but I didn't get any of the finals. So bummer. But, uh, did, how did you, how, how did you end up doing overall? Did you, did you, I had
1: three in the semis and then one that came very, very close. Um, I was two points off uh, or no, I was more points off than that. I had a, I got my hopes up because I was leading uh, at one point on uh on Saturday afternoon in my group. And then I got pulled ahead and I needed a big game from Waddle or something on, on Sunday and didn't get it. So it was funny because I had gone into it like detached I was like, oh, I'm not going to sweat this. Like, I don't have a chance. And then I had like the Dak Prescott, uh, C.D. Lamb, and that game against the Eagles popped right. off, and I'm like, fuck, I got sucked in. I'm starting to look at all the odds that I had my heart heart <laughs> ripped out. Um, luckily, I can't tilt it too hard because that team uh, would have bombed in the finals anyways. I think those are the people who you know could could have their tilt is like you were in the semis, you missed, and then you had a Mike Evans team. Like, my heart goes out to any cut line Mike Evans teams in the semis. Like that's where you start to feel sick to your stomach.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. It's just so, there's just so much randomness to it. Not to take anything away from our buddy, but like, there is just so much uh, randomness to winning DFS tournaments, like individual ones, not on a whole, obviously. Yeah. And pulling down one of these, it's so crazy too, that like he does a show called ship chasing and like, you know, what are the odds of, you know, it's what one in four hundred thousand or whatever. Because let's assume he has an edge, yeah. Just to ship the the two million, plus it's you know in this little this group of the internet, this portion of the internet that that does that content. It's, uh, I guess it's self selecting, but like uh, it's still the odds are. It's it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It
1: it, it really is. It's like <laughs> the odds are like microscopic. You know. Yeah, uh, it,
2: it, Now you know what it, it is. It's gotta be one like, you know, one in a couple million or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you would have if you would have set the odds of like, oh, someone I do a show with uh wins the million uh or two million this year, it would it'd be astronomical odds.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um <laughs> So yeah, shout out to Karain. If you guys haven't, uh, over on Ship Chasing, we had a few different streams. We had a live sweat stream on Sunday with the Eckler touchdowns that kind of vaulted him up there. Then we had the one on Monday night where of course the game got canceled and we halted the stream. And then we did kind of do a proper uh, celebratory stream last Saturday and uh, I know Corine has been doing uh, quite the the media tour I assume he's going to Disneyland uh, at this point to uh, to wrap this up but if you want to hear more from Corine there's there's plenty of podcasts out you there know, for you
2: know uh with those New York taxes and the uh, <laughs> you know he probably we probably uh, should have sold a lot of uh, nft assets at a huge loss that year turns out. Uh, oh wait, no, he could do it this year because he that's, won. This he's our right,
1: trust me. The uh, the hunting oh, off the right. awesome pop shot moments are already on his radar for sure. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm down, Pat. If you just want to get rid of fuck it, I'll take a loss too, and I'll yeah. get right of it off too. Um, uh, but but he's gonna he's gonna take home unless he gets really good accountants, which you can find them. Um, yeah. they're just expensive. They're they're gonna take like 1.1 million probably
1: yeah yeah he's he's doing what you know i'm, I'm not going to air out his stuff but he's doing his due diligence and uh you know okay. he could share what he wants to with uh how he's handling everything
2: yeah that'd be fun if we may, if we can get him on one day we could if he'd be willing yeah. to talk about oh, that but yeah well i guess you it, probably shouldn't talk about that
1: no i mean pat th- this guy would show up to an opening of an envelope at this point i mean it's, uh, <laughs> yeah we'll get a lot of once he's done doing every single just, just, podcast of this, you probably
2: shouldn't openly talk about your tax deductions on camera. It's probably exactly. not a good idea. But he might yeah. be able to get it lower, but it's just ridiculous. So, like he has to become a Liberty Bureau now. As soon as he signs that check, I want him to become a Liberty Bro from now on. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt Pat.
1: He's gonna be just fine. He's gonna be just fine. <laughs> I mean, were you like, cause I know you and I had talked a lot in the off season about kind of like the trajectory of best ball, like even seeing kind of the enthusiasm for it down the stretch and through the playoffs and the way people were sweating their teams. Like I've still never been more convinced that this is going to be the biggest fantasy like format, you know, in
2: the next couple of years. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. They And they could you know, I was thinking about this earlier. They, they could definitely do um, they could do like more tournaments too you know instead of one big one one big one yeah. maybe they could have a, a bunch of different ones um it's it i I did four of the playoff ones last night just sitting around the gauntlet yeah and it's it, it is it is cool it's it's a little time consuming for me like i would i want to weigh you know obviously i want to do the i want to you know build a, a bot for next year to fill up finish my teams for me but <laughs> but yeah it takes a little too long is a bot uh, your man.
1: new nickname for davis maddock
2: <laughs> <laughs> no no i want a winning bot <laughs> oh. <laughs> too many um, equal
1: Harvard shares on those uh those teams <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> yeah who t- drafts 60 percent Taysom hill and still doesn't make money <laughs> 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 uh but yeah, like it, I think the I think DFS is not in any danger. I think it's a nice mix yeah. like best ball off season, DFS regular season. Well, because like what it's it is, the,
1: the way the like the pods work with the 15, 16, 17 is it's like you wake up with an additional DFS sweat for each of those weeks. You know, it's like I'm in a small field tournament Yeah. and there's a lot of money or a lot of stakes in advancing up top and like having those sweats week 15 16 17 to like accompany your dfs play was like i i think i'm not the first person who when they got dusted on sunday in dfs pulls up their best ball teams you know at week 15 to see hey what am i advancing
2: yeah if DraftKings gets their way they'll probably add late swap to week 17 you got an injured guy (laughs) you could swap for someone who's not in been drafted in your league just totally ruin it
1: I I do agree with you, though. I kind of hope, and I think I heard Davis have this take, too, that it'd be cool if they maybe did, like, joint flagship tournaments or maybe three $1 million tournaments for, like, different periods. Because even with, like, these playoff drafts, like, I really love the dynamic. Like, I was blasting off on the initial gauntlet ones, and the teams I was building then are wildly different than the teams I'm building now. And I don't have to worry about competing against my old – the older teams. in that other one, it's like a new contest where everyone's starting over with fresh – ADP, like I do kind of like those various draft windows as opposed to being like, we look, we continue to see all the, all of my best teams on Best Ball Mania 3 were drafted in May, a couple of them before the schedule was even out, you know, the winning $1 million team drafted July 18th, a lot of these, you know, pre-August. And so then you start to wonder, like when you're blasting off, you know, at the end of August, beginning of September, like, are you even remotely live to winning a tournament that's been open for four months or whatever?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's got to hurt when you get like week 16 or 17, you're like, Oh, my best team. Oh, it's got, it's got Jalen hurts on it now. Fuck. You know, he's not going to play something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm just saying, knowing that, like, you know, those teams that were winning, like the team who won um, the regular season price, he had a, I think it was like a 13th round Damian Pierce who by the time the season started was like a sixth round Pierce. It's just like, you're not all the combos that those later drafters or early drafters are going to have around some of those ADP values are going to be, you know, pretty advantageous for them.
2: Hmm. I was thinking of strategy I'm going to do next year if I can pull off getting a bot, but you know, you could do this without that. It's kind of like a um, uh, back counting strategy, like in blackjack. Are you familiar with this concept? Um, I read it in a book called blackjack attack 20 years ago, 25 plus years ago, bro. Is
1: this like the Kelly criterion thing or is this different?
2: No, it's just, you count you. I mean, it's really simple. You just, you just count the cards while you're standing up. Don't sit down, don't play yet. And then you wait till the deck's favorable and then you sit down and play. Yeah. Um, anyways. And so I was thinking like that could be a good way to play best ball, where, you're on top of the news, and then so an injury happens, hop on, draft five teams. You know, don't do anything. Until for that
1: ADP corrects. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you're just kind of you're kind of hitting and running and getting your blasting off 10, something like that.
1: With the thesis being, you know, a lot of the other quote unquote edges are now table stakes as far as good structure and drafting values and correlating, but there will be these snapshot windows that other people won't have access to that's a defined edge going into a draft. I know this guy will be going three rounds later than he should be going in lieu of this. The problem is too, is like underdog has their push alerts. Drafters are so on top of stuff. Sure. It's almost even hard for that to materialize unless you're like in a draft when something breaks.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It does go fast, but that's why I'm saying like, if I can get my uh, auto draft bot working, cause I'll just, I'll open 10 up right then. Just go, you know, I want, it doesn't matter really. Cause it's going to, anything I can't handle the app's going to add into it. So like just pop off 10 and five minutes and then you're done.
1: Yeah. Did you have any thoughts? Like I know sometimes when we've talked about DFS stuff and if you are building your like one fifty max and like, say you end up with 1% of a guy or one, you know, a uh, share of a guy and you might just lop that off because you're saying, Hey, if this guy hits um, there's other people who are going to have a bigger stance or position on this guy, it's less likely to hit me and my one, combo of him. And then, you know, listening to Pat, you know, he had his only share of Taequann Thornton across 150 drafts (laughs) and that ends up in his roster. I guess it is like a, do you think there's a difference from that mentality with DFS as far as being a little more concentrated versus best ball? Is it apples and oranges?
2: My advice for DFS is if you don't do like a full bottom up process, like I do, I wouldn't really have any of those 1% guys, Uh, especially if they're like LeBron James's or whatever, because uh, you know someone who's probably going to be on like 10% at least or higher and they're good uh, because it, that's just an optimizer thing, right? It's just yeah. like the optimizer spitting one in there where um, if you did it bottom up, it's going to say this lineup as a whole, like compared to all this other variables is still worth having in your top 150. It's yeah. a lot different than an optimizer just going, okay, you're unique since some randomness and then you sort by whatever one person one percent of there it's not as like uh holistic I guess so yeah. like I would ju- I would just x them out I-, I don't think there's anything wrong with xing out those like little one bottom guys sometimes you run out of time in the NBA and you just gotta get it in there so don't get your lineups in first but um that's what I do I don't use an optimizer usually um but when I did that's what would happen.
1: Yeah, and I think I, I think the dynamic, too, with best ball is a little different. We're having, like, a random, you know, one or two shares of a guy because especially at the end of the draft, like, a lot of your decisions, I think if you're building smartly, have already been made for you because you're trying to make the most logical pick based on the 17 things you've already done in that draft. And you also have variables and opponents taking that. So for, in Pat's instance, he had been loading up on the Dolphins and was playing for this game six seventeen 17 matchup with the Patriots, he ended up getting both Jacoby and Taekwon Thornton, but there's scenarios where say Jacoby goes and the other uh, Kendrick Bourne is gone. And you're like, all right, the only guy I want to get the correlation boost, the only viable guy left is Taequann Thornton. So he might make sense on this roster in a way he didn't yeah. make sense on other rosters.
2: For that, for that, so that's, that's a bottom up approach, but with uh, Pat's big brain, right? It's 200 <laughs> IQ. So yeah, that's the same thing. So like, if that's happening, I've, obviously no problems with it. And it's also kind of like, we've talked about this so many times now, Pete, but like, if you're, if you are in this 0.01%, like petty theft territory or whatever, is the example I always use. Uh, uh, shout out our, our buddy, Pet, is if you are in that 0.01% of like, you just know all the rotations and everything that's going on in the sport, you, 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 you grind the tape, blah, blah, blah. have at it, you know, hopefully that's your edge. But if there's a better time than, This is the best time of the season to, like, go over in your head my strategy versus the I know better strategy, I think, because if you aren't in that .01%, taking stands and I know bettering and 70%ing, guys, is just fucking random. It's just random. Like, you're just... Some years you'll have Gabe Davis, and you'll look like and you'll look like Liam, and you'll look like a genius. And then some years you'll have Gabe Davis, and you'll look like an idiot. <laughs> so like, it's it's it, it's you're you you don't know as much as you think you do. Um, like bankroll and portfolio management are tools that have been around for a hundred years, hundred plus you know, over that, really. And so like, uh, you know, but again, it, we. Uh, work I guess work or whatever you work in the industry where you guys are constantly have your nose in the information and stuff like that so it's it's tough for like for you guys it's probably okay and like especially in like the small field DFS I think that's an excellent strategy for you for you guys to play and and use use your knowledge to beat your opponents but for like kind of the general bro out there taking big stands although it can, it can be fun you when you win it's just i'm telling you it's just random (laughs) and and like look at your lineups now look back to your stands now and then go okay well maybe yeah maybe there is some randomness there
1: well and another again talking about this dynamic specifically with best ball is there's an element where like if you use the gabe davis example if you take a big stand on gabe davis gabe davis is still going to be drafted in a hundred percent of best ball mania drafts. Right. If you take a stand on an 18th round player, if you have 40% Tyquan Thornton, he's only getting drafted in 10% of drafts. Like now that stand is maybe a little bit more purposeful, uh, in what you win when you are correct.
2: Yeah. Le- the, the, the term leverage that, yeah. you know, I've kind of always had a problem with like people like, okay, the field has, this is DFS, not best, but the field has 30%, I have 45%. I have leverage on the field. It's like, it's like, dude, you're playing against 300,000 lineups. You don't have leverage on shit. You know what I mean? Leverage isn't that. Leverage is like the, the opposing uh, hitter against a pitcher or, who's very popular or or, or something like that, uh, the, the opposing stack against a pitcher who's very popular. That's mm-hmm. leverage, right? Um, so, like, if you could figure out a way to do that in ball. Having, I think this is what you were saying. Having sixty nine percent Gabe Davis, when there's a hundred percent of lineups that have them yeah. in five hundred fifty thousand entries or whatever it was in BBM three, that is not line. That a hundred, you know. So you're you're what you're, you're seventy lineups or whatever, you're, you're eighty lineups or whatever right. against five hundred fifty thousand thousand other Gabe Davis lineups. Right, it's not it's not leverage.
1: Well, and another, you know, to tie it back to the playoff contest, there are ways to find direct leverage in that contest where, you know, some of these teams, like an example that I've been doing is like, everyone is very frothy for the 49ers in this contest. You know, CMC goes third overall, Brock Purdy screaming up draft boards. And when I am not building San Francisco's Cup, I have been taking a lot of Seahawks late onslaughts if they pull off the upset, because it's a direct leverage, not only are the San Francisco teams going down in flames in that scenario, but you're getting a stack that's not being drafted in a lot of the drafts moving forward, So, which to pull those leverage, you know, levers in season long basketball is a lot harder than I think it is maybe in the playoff format.
2: Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I, but I mean, I would just, again, like if you could figure out like reducing risk per, Portfolio diversification actions mm-hmm. that you could do, it's helpful even if you do know better. Right. So like it could reduce your risk and also use your skill level. So there's no reason not to at least look into it, right? So there's right. no reason to have this fight, you know, of whatever you want to call. The math bros versus the I know bros. No
1: reason to have the fight. The internet exists solely to have fights that don't need to be had, Brian.
2: <laughs> you know, you know. What I mean, yeah. leaving the the, the the your your obvious accurate point there about the internet as a whole. The smart gamblers out there, you could do you could do both.
1: Yep. Um,
2: let's. I wish I knew better. I wish I knew. Better. I wish I had the confidence some of you guys have in your in your player takes.
1: You say, you say you guys, I mean, I have like, if you go through, like Pat mentioned, he had 40% Rashad white Liam always has big stands. Like I, I think I tapped out at like 22%. And, uh, as far as what my biggest stand was, so I'm, I'm on the, uh, the other side of that, where I actually don't feel too confident in it. Um, with my own stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I won't, I won't argue with anyone who wants to jam, jam their guys. Any other, uh, takeaways from, from this best ball season?
2: nothing's coming to mind. Uh, I just thought it's fun. It's probably we probably got another year or two. What, what we got here is Brian just a fed plant this whole time. Trying to get people to buy bonds for the government and not gamble on GPPs makes too much sense for them throwing out. Somebody. I
1: don't know with a Would a Fed also be encouraging Correy to move to Florida? I don't know.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Puerto Rico even better. God, could uh, he do that? Oh, shit. He might be able to do that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to speculate on. on tax do evasion yeah, do Save that money, bro. On the, on the air. Um, what? Any other? Uh, oh, someone, someone said this. Uh, you just got a shout out on Twitter for having the sharpest PGA ownership in the industry.
2: Oh, well, did you get a tag?
1: Who, did you get a tag? Who said? I haven't.
2: It? I haven't checked since we started.
1: Uh, Fired up. Fire it up. Brick75.com. What free golf ownership every every week?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. unless i don't do it but i almost always do <laughs> uh i think i think my pga is probably sharpest too and i'm i'm at my adding this week i'm adding uh p uh did i say pga twice mma my mma projections MMA. um i'm gonna throw my actual projections on there too for free
1: Ooh, because normally just, it's just ownership you're yeah but
2: into... i just updated my projections i haven't done it in like like a year and a half because i just got lazy and just started using others and I'm like, Oh God, just do it, Brian. So,
1: and I'll throw them up there. You might be getting a strongly worded DM from a former Lowell's host about, uh, give up your projections, uh, for this slate here, Brian.
2: Oh, uh, wait, now I'm not following you. Well, wait, <laughs> you
1: know, our, our friend who doesn't want to make the fish better.
2: Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I think he's fine with projections.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: I think he's it's not fine with projections. I can't find this.
1: Uh, I, I just found it. Uh, Den oh, okay. tagged us in it. I'll pull it up here.
2: Okay, thank you for tagging us.
1: Let's see here. Uh, for all you sweaty ownership projection folks, let me make this bigger. Zoom in here. I assume this is – okay, here we go. Ooh, look at this, Brian, going up against the heavy hitters here. Uh, Ooh, look at that.
2: no, no, I'm not the sharpest. I'm second to him.
1: <laughs> oh, that's why you tweeted it out? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
2: Yeah, well, I guess. Here, uh, oh, this uh, is this just one. for this is just for today.
1: Just for the Sony Open,
2: okay. Within one percent, I was the sharpest. I'll take it. There you go. How does his That's average good. higher than mine? Can you go back to that? That math didn't look right. <laughs> go back to that 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 first one, the Sony Open. Shouldn't his average, his R square, be lower than mine? With the with the okay, I guess it's possible that R square is higher with the within percentages. So my within above three must have been much lower than his for some reason. Yeah, for his R square to be higher, I don't. Know. Anyways,
1: there you go. I mean, any other things you'd like to say in your acceptance speech? I actually
2: um, yes, I actually made a manual tweak on on some of those players this week too, which I rarely do.
1: Uh, I also love the spelling of stochastics. It sounds like my mom, like referencing the site <laughs> where she just like slightly uh, mispronounces something.
2: Your friend, it's stochastics, yeah. Uh,
1: the, 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 well,
2: the guy from a different planet,
1: yeah, exactly. Oh, I actually, speaking of stochastics, I did want to ask you about something. Um, and I forget maybe we had talked about it uh, at some point on the show, but I just had noticed this year in particular, like Osimo across any of the contests I was ever in with him. And I don't know how much he was doing this across all of his contests, but just the mega onslaughts of teams, even in like larger contests, like the spy that would have like 5,000 plus entries. It wasn't just super small field, like five guys from the same team. It would generally have like a value element to it where there was some really cheap pieces, but sometimes it would be Josh Jacobs, Devonte Adams, Derek Carr. I, I, I was curious, like in, I assume his SIM stuff is getting him there but did you have any thought just like in stuff you've seen from those mega onslaughts, maybe being underutilized by the field?
2: Um, Yes. I, I, that's interesting. You said that because what I was noticing in my uh, smaller field, so probably me, I don't know. um, It depends on what sports you're in, how you define small, medium, and large, but like, let's say around 4,000 entrance, 5,000 entrance, something like that. uh, I was getting more, um, what appeared to be, I didn't like do any data research on this, more onslaughts uh this year. Um, and uh a a, a lot more like just double stacks with no run back in large yep. field. Uh I and that's just that's just kind of I guess anecdotal. I'm not sure what the word is. I didn't like actually go through and then compare them or anything. It just seemed like I was getting more just two man stacks or something like that, and then and onsla- big onslaughts in like the wildcat.
1: Yeah. So a question for that too, like say you're in your Sims, if you're getting more double stacks with bringbacks and that, or without bringbacks and say, then the field, you know, is maybe over utilizing double stacks and bringbacks. Is it your SIM that's smart, smart enough to know the field is doing this too much. And there's an edge and not doing it, or is it just the math arriving there independently of that?
2: It has, it has to be a combination of math uh, arriving there independently of that. Well, at least the way I I don't I don't know what Alex is doing but yeah. Yeah, cuz like I'm trying to think um I mean your math can change, like your inputs can change if you like if you update in season compared to like historical data. And so like maybe because the players are playing differently now, it then therefore then the output's going to be different. Um and and the but the math would still tell you like uh these are your these are your top 10 lineups you should stick in the wildcat or whatever.
1: But I guess my question was like, say, let's say just as a hypothetical in the spy that every single person in the field was doing a double stack and a bring back. And then you is your would your sim be able to review that contest and be like, this is being massively overutilized by the field. Right. This is where an edge is going forward.
2: That's if I wasn't lazy, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> I don't do that often enough. Okay. So like what 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 that would do is so you would update then your 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 bottom up model with this new information, and I wouldn't I wouldn't go full hardcore that this is definitely going to happen you know going forward I would right. be I would just regress it a little bit and then and then update my my model and then whatever it spits out from there is what I go with. But yeah, if you did, if you did want to kind of like, because you, you can, I know better a model too. I mean, every, we all do. You know, Alex came out here and and called me out on it uh, probably over a year ago now, and said we're guessing too. And you kind of are, even when you're building a model, even just like a simple stats model, uh, you're kind of a lot of people are just copying what other people do. But you're kind of, you're still kind of guessing at what matters. Even in your regressions, you're guessing what variables to use and all sorts of things like that, and how to build you know, some sort of bigger uh, puzzle solving uh, algorithm to, to put your DFS lineups in. So like you are kind of, you are kind of, I know battering a little bit. I still think it's like, just, that's just like kind of the scientific process. Um, But if you did put in, okay, everyone's, everyone's double stacking plus one run back or double stacking. Now tell me what, I think that's actually not the worst strategy in the world. And Mm -hmm. Mine kind of does that because, uh, you know, I don't want to, talk, about it, but like it, it, it kind of has that element in there.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was just, I was just curious about that. Like if it was like the, with the Osimo there, if it was those onslaughts without the bring back, if it was because the field was doing the bring back too much, and that was yeah. a leverage point, or if it was just over correlating a single offense by itself, regardless of what the rest of the field was doing, is being underutilized.
2: So my my data this year was based off of this year mainly. So it, it very well could be what's going on so much this year has has made that change. Made at least yeah. the, the, the the algorithms like onslaughts better versus those lineups. It's entirely possible. I, I don't yeah. know the reason. It's just interesting you said that. because yeah. I, I haven't looked at Alex's lineups at all.
1: It's and, it's you
2: know, so, yeah. Okay. No, no I was just
1: like a handbuilder's perspective, it's such a fascinating thing because like, again, double stack with a bring back feels so comfy um, to everyone. And it allows you to pick your spots from other games. Whereas like, it's almost, even though we know that correlating allows us to get less things right, there's this element when you put five guys from the same team, your handbuilder brain says like, shit, all of these guys have to erupt. Right. Like, this team needs to score 60 points for this, for this to work out. And yet it does not seem like that's how the math is actually working out in right. that.
2: Yeah, especially when it's the Jaguars. Like I've been playing all season long. Like <laughs> yeah. this is like this can like never happen. And it's like, oh, it did happen once. Wow. Um, yeah. It seems impossible, you know, that Evan Ingram, Etn, Kirk, the, Lawrence are all going to go off. But it is it is poss- possible. But like they, um, uh, but, the, but obviously it's you don't need is as, as uh, many points to beat fewer opponents. Although it yeah. cer- certainly feels that way with some of the scores. That guys put up in these lineups, it's amazing.
1: I know, yeah. Uh, how, what is your overall now with football season winding down? Like, how did it end up being for you as a year? Things you did well, things you'd like to to revamp.
2: Um, I actually updated my stuff this year, and I I like it uh, much better than the previous model. I I've I had like three, you know top 10 finishes and in the big ones and didn't pull them out. And if you don't pull them out, then you're not going to have a big year. Um, like in like one showdown too, I, uh, I had like a fucking lock on 500 K and just like the last second, some fucking crazy shit happened. And so I was like, oh yeah, well, and like, interest just, if that, that shit doesn't happen, then you're, you're not going to have a big year.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I thought of something when you were talking about the idea of, you know, even if you're using Sims, um, you're still guessing and you're still IK being in it, in it to an extent with the inputs. Yeah. And it made me think of like this year with showdown stuff, you know, I would, you know, run the Sims, um, and then, you know, show people in the discord kind of the leverage spots based on, you know, aggregated ownership. And then you start to realize how thin the margins are with some of those inputs. Like the big one being, I would always compare like justin's kicker projections to the etr kicker projections and then rerun the sims just using the slightly different kicker projections and how wildly like you could have one guy showing as the biggest positive leverage on the entire slate for a kicker and then you plug in the etr one and he's like neutral or slightly you know below neutral as a play and you just quickly realize too how just like literally like a one-point shift in a showdown projection can just wildly swing how good of a play somebody is. And it just always drives home to me that even the inputs themselves uh, are super fragile.
2: Yeah. And, and how it it's really um, illustrates doing something like that, how important projections are. And when you, when you do make your own um, and you're good at it, how much of an edge that actually is. So like, you know, like Blender talks about this projections don't matter that much because everyone's kind of about the same. And that's true for ninety nine point nine percent of the people, like just whatever, average them, who cares? It doesn't matter. But if you do have the ability to make your own projections and maintain a database, and it depends on how you do it. Or you just, you're just this is all you do. You do all this grinding tape, watching every game, I know bettering, and you somehow make it into that top percent point oh one percent, you can make a lot of money with just those just that two, three, four points difference. Yeah. And being right which is the big part.
1: All right. Here's a thought experiment for you. What would you rather have? Would you rather have really good projections, but the rest of the field is using those exact same really good projections or your own projections that no one else has access to or is using that aren't as good.
2: I guess it depends on how bad those are. Well, I mean, obviously the second one sounds much better to me. Um. the 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 first one would just be then therefore essentially just coin flipping everyone's coin flipping if they're Mm -hmm. all using like perfect projections yeah so definitely the second one
1: because that's another thing i'm thinking about too and like you see it with you know I, i i think a lot a lot of people are using like etr projections for showdown like i really do think that those have become um very widely utilized by people and then wondering too like I guess the thought experiment I was doing is like, if you have, say those projections are really good, but if a lot of people are using them, even having slightly worse, that aren't being used as much to where it gets you on a kicker that their cohort's going to be really underweight on, is that actually an edge in and of itself?
2: Right. So like this has got, we we've, we've touched on this briefly on a few shows come on, this like homogenization of, of projections across the industry. I think that's the right word. So like, You you gotta believe that guys are looking at each other's sites. Everyone's got an account with each other for sure. And they're gonna and like if if you got if Pete has Christian McCaffrey at thirty points projected, and I have him at twenty one. Do I want to stick there or or just let's say everyone's got him at thirty? Do I at least want to go twenty seven? Right? I don't want to look like an idiot. You know this happens like with uh, I guess with like uh, mutual funds and stuff like that. Like it has has this big huge market effect on um efficient market hypothesis but anyways that's a that's a side note so like if if everyone is on this um suboptimal like homogeneous projection system and you make your own projections I'm talking myself into making going back and doing all my own projections for every sport instead of just like half of them maybe yeah. I should that that's so much more of an advantage mm-hmm. than if like one site's really good, Right, and then all the other sites kind of suck. And you know, actually, I don't know if it's so so much an advantage. Let let me rephrase that. It's um, much bigger incentive for you to do your own shit. Mm -hmm. In the old the old way, just just get stochastics, just get whoever's the best at the time, and Mm -hmm. just use those. And then eventually, just start averaging them. Okay, well now everyone has them. Okay, make your own. So I guess I gotta, I gotta. uh, put the fish gloves on Pete and get, get, get to program. To work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's fine. And then, I mean, then you can either even further that conversation and go more down to the leveling of like, then you're looking at other sites projections and you know, then that's going to input impact your ownership. You're like, Oh, maybe I'm light on my ownership here. Cause this site is projecting this player so well. So I'm going to come up on that, assuming people are using those projections. And then that p- person is going to appear more frequently in lineups. Like then you really start to go down the leveling rabbit hole.
2: Travis is in, in uh chat. I have a Travis Petty model. So I download his lineups yeah, and then I just figure out, you know, through regression who he's adjusting. Do you, do you look, lineups. do you look at him? I don't lineups. do that, but actually I, I, I could. <laughs>
1: I like to imagine you looking at like his NBA lineups and being like, what coaches press conference did he watch to know <laughs> that this guy was going to get two more minutes? No, playing time it's, <laughs> it,
2: it's tough. I always caution looking at expert players stuff. Like you definitely want to do it, but like with like at least a grain of salt, because sometimes they fuck up. They don't have their, they didn't get their right stuff in. They, they missed the player was out. They're trying something new it depends on the person. Like some people have like the set strategies and they never change. So like they're better to look at. Um, So like, but like looking at his lineups, like you could see he'll have like uh like, I don't know, Kyle, uh Carl uh, Anthony towns at 50% on when everyone, when he's like 2% in the, in the tournament. It's like, well, clearly he likes him for some reason, unless he's fucking up, you know? Um Did he do it like three times in a row? Stuff like that is where you can kind of hack. Um, uh, kind of like how, you know, Spanky does his, his, uh, sports betting. I don't know if you guys, anyone follows his pod. He's like copying the line movement from the actual professionals. Yeah. And just trying well, that's trying to
1: get, why, that's why I brought up the Osmo one because it was a thing I saw repeated over and over. That was like pretty clearly defined as opposed to like, I can tell you're specifically yeah. doing something here over a larger sample size.
2: Yeah, for sure. But ju- you know, just be careful about it. And I'm, um, like, cause, um, you never know, Pete. Like, <laughs> who's who's watching, and they're like, just totally get you wrong. I'm sure this happens to you all the time. Like when you're doing serious, you know, like you get people like, oh, they don't, they don't know. Like a lot of our our, our uh, listeners are sh- you know sharp, like really sharp, and we could we don't have to explain shit to them. But like then some people are just like, well, I guess I'm gonna play one percent, guys, from here on out. It's like I yeah. just lost a thousand dollars because you, Pete.
1: I know. And that is, I, I think I've heard like Bales say this quote before, and I'm sure I'm going to like bastardize it. But like when you are at like an elite level at something, you should actually rely on your gut more than the numbers like that. Cause now you're working at the very top of where the margins are thin and kind of your instincts and domain expertise and all of seeing the contextual differences is actually more valuable to you than just looking at the numbers. And I think that's the hard thing. It's where like the old like you have to know the rules before you can start to break them because you've seen so many different patterns or whatever. I don't know if I'm explaining yeah. that right, but no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah, the, like if you have tons of experience looking over these guys' lineups over and over again, you'll notice. Okay, why is he doing this onslaught? I've watched so many times. Okay, look, now there's a pattern. He's done it three times in you a row. Maybe there's some uh, signal there, and it's not just noise. And where somebody else will just download one gpp csv look at one guy's thing and go oh he uses five uniques fantasy cruncher five uniques enter 150 lamps dump dump 150 you know however much the buy-in is uh, to everyone else
1: i think it like another like a best ball example of that would be uh, some people were like messaging me about a draft i did and they're like why did you reach for this guy uh, 101. When you can get them later, and like the reason I was doing it is because I was setting up a combination that you couldn't otherwise get ADP wise if you didn't start off by reaching. But you could take a hatchet to that and be like, oh, you can reach for whoever you want 101. But if you like, you're not having uh, a purpose for why you're doing something. That's another thing where a strategy would get if you just took it at the top level face value, you'd actually not execute it correctly versus understanding the nuance of why someone was doing that thing.
2: Definitely. Definitely. We're we're uh, coming up towards the end and we haven't mentioned uh I got a DM from our from our guy Ricky D. Uh oh. Um I told you about this earlier this morning. Uh you're not an NBA player, Pete, but Uda Cal won the millimaker last night in the NBA. And 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 uh Ricky D goes he won you Uda won his uh, sixth Millie Maker within a year's time.
1: That's insane. so with since last year January 12, 12 months six millimakers
2: this one that's that's what and he keeps track of this shit. I don't um, that's gotta be greatest run of all time. so like that's insane so so our our uh, our buddy RBX 88 had three in a shorter amount of time. And he also had, like, like, two seconds. I can't remember. It's it's on the internet. People could find it. What, what's notable about that one is they were all the gigantic, huge field ones. Yeah. So it's just, like, astronomical, the odds of that. But with Yuda, he, not that I'm, you know, uh, li- just belittling. Just say it.
1: You think he sucks, and he's just running
2: hotter <laughs> than the sun. He, 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 like, last night's buy-in was 2500 Um, But, like, I could have won it. I didn't. So, like uh, – <laughs> So, like uh, uh, some of his, some of those wins are like a little, are are you know higher buy-in, but still, so six millis, if Rickety's right, in within a twelve-month period.
1: But if we are going to try bring,
2: to get your heart out, but
1: <laughs> if you're going to try to compare him to RBX though for the pantheon of greats, how many times has Uticau gotten smashed while having an orgy and run a 150 lineup train the next morning because he wasn't in a state <laughs> to update? It Who knows? Sad. I
2: heard I heard Uticao likes to party, so uh, it's yeah. possible. Who knows?
1: Look at this. Uh, just a, a true, a true grinder still in uh, every three man. I mean, some of these guys, I think people, was it Chipotle attic after he won? What what was the big thing he won recently? Did he win yeah. the two milli? And
0: yeah, then the yeah, next yeah,
1: yeah. day was like registering for like early only like NBA <laughs> slates on FanDuel. It's just like, get the fuck out of here, dude.
2: They're fucking crazy. I think this was a shot at, why well, is he playing a $5?
1: Right, right. Yeah.
2: But I, I don't, I don't like that. I, the, the early morning is a little different because you're working so hard. That's different than saying you should play. You should play. You should only play a thousand dollar or more. You know, I hate that shit. Like you don't know. Like maybe that guy, maybe he, uh, like maybe he, you know, he's lost a lot before winning those millies, and he, you know, he still grinds just like everyone else. You never know. I seriously doubt it. Six million in 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 twelve months is he's probably doing just fine.
1: Well, how many? What was the max on? So you said last night the one he won twenty five hundred. What was max entries and had he maxed it?
2: Uh, I'm sure he maxed it, and I can't remember what the max was. Like tw- I think it was like twenty five or something. Uh, I could check. Yeah.
1: But it's like it, again, you're not taking anything away. But so if there's twenty five and you're sixty two thousand five hundred. And you're doing that night after night, like <laughs> you you do need to win a couple of those <laughs> to uh to stay profitable in that contest.
2: For sure. Cause well, here's another example with to, to bring it back to the beginning of the show. Second I got it open now. Second place. Do you want you want to show the screenshot or, or yeah? Here I'll do you I'll, have I'll put it in the chat here. Our secret chat, mate.
1: Oh, the secret chat where we make the cash game lineup for wild oh, yeah. card weekend. This is
2: where you gives us the nuts. <laughs>
1: Uh, all right,
2: here we go. Oh, great! My shitty lineups highlighted.
1: Yep. Uh, so we had what twenty six entries, uh, thirty total. Or does when they have the parenthesis, does that mean twenty six total?
2: Yeah, three total. All yeah. Right, so yeah. he didn't max. It. He didn't max it then, huh? Yeah. So what? What was the the total you could put in there? Thirty, you said.
1: Yeah, thirty. It says is the max.
2: So. Type in that search box there. Type in um, our guy. Oh, God. Why why am I blanking? The Fed. Uh, Whistles go. Whistles? Yeah. Yeah, but his name's too fucking big. Uh, If you type it into that, uh, the other window you were just in, uh, with the, uh, yeah, that. Type it in there. Oh, the Whistles. Jesus. Come
1: on, DraftKings.
2: Thirty, yeah. So he did the yeah. full thirty. Yeah. I just, I think in this payout structure, I just think that's wrong. Even if you're fucking rich, um, well, no, no. I guess you not. if you're super rich, then it's I've... fine. <laughs>
1: if, you're, if you're super rich, I think you could justify anything.
2: Well, I mean, it does matter. Like your your yeah. role c- compared to uh, the price structure and your edge is is important thing to think about. Um, yeah. I think five was optimal. <laughs> <laughs> five and lose. That's what I like to do.
1: What if uh, What if 26 lineups is what you needed, apparently, Brian?
2: Well, yeah, so he didn't max it. Yeah, I mean, hundred. so it was 100 to first and like what, 175? A million to first, 175 to second? Do I have that right? Yeah. You can click on it. Uh, yeah, one,
1: 150 in the ticket.
2: Oh, you got a uh, oh a tournament champions ticket. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's but still, that's not enough. It's like a, a poker. A poker payout would be like uh, two hundred thousand the first, one seventy five the second, one you know, one fifty the third. How many guys? Everyone, you know, we got a big crossover. A lot of guys used to play poker. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, but like if the analytics show that these one million, the one million dollars really does drive traffic, uh, I, you know, I guess you just have to live with the swings.
1: Single bullet, CSU round. Oh wow,
2: he's a detenting, huh? <laughs>
1: he, he shows up everywhere. He shows up. You'll, you'll see him in your mitten draft, and then you'll see him over in the the mega millionaire.
2: So did thirteen, huh? Interesting. I haven't seen him in a win win in a while. I wonder if he's running bad. Papa Gates to twenty three.
1: Yeah, Raging no, Phillips did is, 29. See, this that's is so the weird thing about the number, Brian, being different because it's like 10 here. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's,
2: that's the, it's the you're looking at the lineup that that was entered. That was the 10th lineup they entered, yeah. So, yeah, you'd have to go this one, okay. 30. So, he did do 30. So, Raging Phillips did 32. Oxen Duck did 15, okay.
1: Issue Rammy, single bullet. He just
2: did a single bullet. I, I don't hate that in this this prize structure at all. Um. Who else? Check Petty. What did Pet do? Thirty. Uh, Thirty. I took
1: read. a bath.
2: Took a bath on that one, pal. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the money. It's all right.
1: Uh, all right i gotta get going but brian it was great to get back in the saddle we will of course aim to uh to fall back into our regular thursday rhythm definitely missed doing the show so it was great uh getting back in here
2: yeah always fun good to see you glad everything's going well that pat win was really fun he's good for the show too you know ship chasing's real fun show i always watch you guys so good times guys we're back
1: yeah. Well, Brian, you know, kind of what works is um, you know, everyone I do shows with, they start to win, you know, millimaker Maker contests. So I think things are gonna start to turn around for you, Brian, here real soon.
2: Right. Except I think my this show's the oldest one, Pete. So has, you think it's grandfathered
1: in now shift chasing ship chasing predates this. One. Oh, that's like, right, you're, that's, you're right. that's
2: right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. True, true. And full cast and cast.
1: Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you guys all hanging out in the chat. You can come chat with us in the Discord. You can check out Brick75.com for not only the best PGA ownership around, but also MMA projections and ownership. Is there a slate this weekend, Brian?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the, I think yeah, I'm almost positive there's a slate this weekend, and I will do projections. So there was a snafu with the site. I have no idea. GoDaddy fucked it up. Half the, not half, like a quarter of the the names we're we're deleted so if you log in and it's not accepting you just make a new account with the same email there you go so Uh, yeah sorry about that
1: uh max says his kitchen winning a millie let's not push it